0: the word today um, had a lot of preparations because it was a big weekend for on a lot of many levels but um, for me but um, this has been in the making for a long time and um, you know pastor how many of you got one of the Skeleton Church little pamphlet books so I see a few hands up so some of you may have read it's really it's something that he gave out to some of the leaders. Um, it's about the people of God. And um, I'm going to show you some pictures here in a minute. But I was going over it, and I thought, how in the world do I bring this now? I should have brought it last month. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just going to share with you. Because most of you think that I just have it all together every second of every day, right? Yeah. And I try to do that, just like you. I try to have it together. But sometimes I, I don't take bringing the word of God lightly. I don't just, like, go back to my book of tricks. I could do that. I could get online and print out a sermon and just bring it to you, you know, under the anointing that's part of my gifting. But I don't do that. And so I just really, Lonnie was saying, yeah, I really think it's now. I'm like, okay, how do we do this in flow with what's just happened at Tabernacles and what's going on in our nation this week? I mean, there's so many things on the agenda that we could be talking about. But, but it all ties in. So finally I struggled. I, I was in the Word about six hours yesterday. And Lonnie finally comes in from blowing the leaves, you know, doing something really spiritual out there in our yard and in the church. And <clears throat> I try to get him to sit down. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of what the Lord is showing me. And I'm trying to talk to him. And he's, of course, exhausted because he's just spent six hours outside working really hard. And he's sitting there, and I'm getting no response. Now, this ties into tabernacles, and the word that I from the Lord that was a prophetic word last week, don't go back to the past. But I would typically, I'm looking, so what am I really doing? He's, he's not giving me, he says, yeah, yeah, I'm just listening, I'm listening. And I go, well, I'm not getting feedback, you know, I want some feedback. I wanted him to say yes, or maybe you could do this, or right? And all the women are smiling because we know what that feels like, right? And he's just like, yeah. He's got his hat on. It's all sweaty. It's like really cool. And I'm like, I'm not getting it. So, what? This is a pattern. I want to tell you what a past pattern is. I'm being very transparent with you, you know, the lady that has it all together. My typical thing that I would do, or that I have done, is I would be like, okay, he really doesn't care, number one. What I'm doing is not important to him right at the moment. I'm just being transparent. I've got some head shaking, like you can read. And I would be like, okay, so this really isn't anything earth shattering. And not that it has to be earth-shattering. It just has to be the word of the Lord. It has to be the message he wants to give. And so I'm starting. I'm not getting it, you know. And so I'm starting to feel myself start to shrink up into my little, why am I even doing this? Why did I just spend all that time and the time I've spent this past week and it's really not even, why am I even doing this? That is a past that I would do. And then I would be all blah. And I wouldn't have confidence in God and I'd just be in myself. I'd be in my soulish self. Are you guys getting it? Okay, so while that was about to happen, this didn't happen, but it could have. It could have. I'm just giving you a past example. Suddenly I'm I'm hearing the enemy kind of speak to me to go in those places that he doesn't care. Da da da. And then this is what God did. I literally saw in an open vision in my kitchen. I saw, and you've all seen them on TV. Have any of you seen the ads for who to vote for? And they're, some are nice, but some are disgusting. And then at the bottom, this advertisement is brought by the pack of so-and-so, so-and-so pack. And then the person that it's on behalf of reaches out and goes, I approve of this message. You know, vote for me. That is what I saw in my kitchen. But I saw, this is what I saw. I, I couldn't really see the, the, the what was going on, but ministry, ministry, Jesus, stuff was going on in the picture. And underneath, I saw it and I heard it in the spirit. And all the while, this is Lonnie's like, well, well yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Like, he's, he's starting to feel this now. And he's he's trying to, you know, put some jazz into it. And then I'm seeing this at the same time, and there's there's an ad and it says this message brought by servant Kathy. And then I heard God speak and he said, And I approve of this message. This is the moral to this story. Because when I bring a word, I want it to be his message. I don't want it to be mine. This isn't about me. I'm I'm not trying to build a resume so I can get on TV. Are you hearing me? But the lesson is that you do not need the approval of men. Your identity is not found in the approval of men. The only person we need approval from is God. And if you're doing what he wants you to do, you're going to hear, I approve of this message. (laughs) It was awesome. And so now Lonnie doesn't even know what's happening because he's not seeing this vision. And I'm just starting to go. He's trying to think, you know, I'm, you know, he's trying to now perk up the shoulders and get some life in his body from being tired. And tears are running. And I'm just going, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me from the snare and the trap of the enemy. Because we're walking into a new normal. And I'm not going back to those old places. I'm not turning back. I'm not going to live in those old places. Those are old places. I'm coming into a new normal where I'm moving and I'm walking by obedience with you. Amen? And tears are running down my face because he saved me. He saved me from all of that. And I just tell you this because that's where he is right now. He's here to save you from snares that the enemy puts out for you every day, and they're the ones you step in every day, almost. Come on. And he's out to trip, the, trip them so you don't have to. So, praise the Lord. That's my little exhortation before the word. Lonnie, you can bring that up. Sean has got some pictures. Um, one of the keynotes of the Feast of Tabernacles. So this word, the word today, the title is, Can These Bones Live? And this is part one of uh, the Skeleton Church series, okay? Can These Bones Live? Part one. Um One of the keynotes is evangelism. God wants us to get out. And whenever we hear evangelism, we're like, oh, I don't do evangelism. But yes, you do. Don Piper told us every one of you has a story to tell. And that's all evangelism is, you telling your story to someone else. You telling your story. What do we got coming up here? Nothing yet? Okay, great. So, good. Don't put them up there yet. So we're here to... uh, yeah, we'll we'll unveil that soon. I, I wanted him to bring it up here way earlier than that, but thank you, Lonnie. Thank you f- for doing that. Um, so evangelism is how will you define church if they ask you. If you invite somebody to church and they go, well, what's it like? How are you going to define that? What are you going to tell them what's it like? What is it like? And um, – so how do, they, how do we do that without knowing who we are? We need to know who we are. So have we got some pictures up here? Okay, I want to tell you a little bit about these pictures before we get going. There really is a skeleton church. These pictures are amazing, guys. There is a skeleton church in Sadlik, Czech Republic. And it's been there for uh, centuries and millennia, actually, millennia. And uh, as they prepare before we go through these pictures, it's made out of 5,000 skeletons. 5,000 skeletons. Imagine, uh, I'm sorry, 50,000. I said 5,000. I meant 50,000 skeletons. And how in the world did this happen? Well, it happened over time. It happened over time. And before we go through these pictures, um, it was originally a monastery, just a little monastery, and they had a cemetery there. And one of the abbots that was at this monastery decided to travel. Now, think, Czech Republic, this is quite a distance, he traveled to Palestine uh, in twelve hundred, about 1278. And he went there, and he went up to Golgotha. And he went up, and he took, who knows how he traveled, but it certainly wasn't by airplane, train, or bus, you know, I, I don't know how he got there, but this was quite a trip, however it occurred during that time. And he took a satchel, and he filled it with the dirt that was on the hill. Golgotha is where Jesus was crucified. So it was on that hill where Jesus died and gave his life for us. And he took this dirt, and he went home. And I guess the Lord told him what to do with it, or he had this idea, what am I going to do with this dirt? And he sprinkled it all over the cemetery at this monastery. And so word got out that this cemetery had holy dirt in it from the actual hill where Jesus was crucified, and it became a very popular place, and everybody wanted to be buried there. And, well, they increased. Thank you, Lonnie. (laughs) Thank you for helping me. Don't let me forget anything. So over time... In the year fourteen, they dis- 1400, so, you know, a couple hundred years later, not quite 200 years later, they decided to build a huge monastery. And when they built the monastery, I'm sorry, uh, Gothic Church, Gothic Church, um, they had to deal with the cemetery. So now over almost 200 years, there were all these graves. I mean, you know, the bubonic Plague and all, all sorts of things, that, you know, mass graves. So they had to dig up these graves to make room to build the church, increase the size of the cemetery, but these were bones. They weren't going to just trash them. So what they did is they took all the bones, cleaned them, and they stacked them in the lower room of the chapel at the church. Can you imagine that? I don't know. I'm not into that myself, but uh, uh, but that's what they did. So over the years, so that's 1400, then we get all, the, all these bones are stacking up. And so this goes another 400 years. In 1870, they gave a woodcarver the task of putting order to all these bones. So over 50,000 skeletons. And now let's take a look at this. Here's one. Do you see that chandelier? Is that the weirdest thing? Do you see those stacks with the skulls on it? Decorative things as they come up to the altar is right straight ahead. Is that crazy? They said in that chandelier that every bone in the human body is in that cha- chandelier in one way of decorative. Okay, we'll keep going. Here's some more. Is that just the weirdest thing you've ever seen? Go ahead. There's another close-up of that chandelier. Continue. Oh, is that great? Great. Oh, there's just four. That's great. That's great. And that is a Christian church, and that's what it is. Okay, we're all like weird, 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 weird. Nothing I'd want to do, but um, how can we relate to that? Well, frequently, um, the Church of Bones, the Church of Bones, Um, now it's pretty much a tourist attraction. There's not too much spirituality going there. But the church of bones, you know, all of our churches have some skeletons and old bones in it, amen, that we need to deal with. And usually it's traditions of men, traditions of men, old bones, old stuff. Just this Saturday or this weekend, someone told me a story about a church in Vermont, an older church, an adorable church, a precious church. And when they were going through, they just, uh, uh, this church, checking out the, the stained glass windows and some of those beautiful old oil paintings, they said they found out that whoever painted those like 200 years ago or 150 years ago put the parishioners' faces. So, like the Last Supper, <laughs> they painted their parishioners' faces on it. Isn't that weird? To us, that's weird. So they're like, we're getting rid of these pictures. We don't really know what to do. But isn't that odd? The things that we do, and that's been around for 158 years, and people didn't even know that. So there's a lot of old bones, a lot of old traditions in our churches, and sometimes we're surrounded by that, and we have memories and traditions of people long dead. We don't even know why we're doing things, but it was from something long ago. So sometimes we find ourselves bound by these things. Um, can you imagine the church meeting of when they did the decorating committee for that church up there? And the meeting about how they were going to hang this and where they were going to put what. I, I can't even imagine it. But it's the weirdest thing. But I want you to know that there really is. No one would have ever known that. Um, except that I've helped you know this and pastors passed this out. So sometimes those old bones are things that we believe. And this is true because if you come to the Living Word School of Ministry, you'll find out that Christians killed Christians over things that they believed. They killed them. We don't do that today, at least um, with a sword or burn them at the stake or something like that. But we can kill them with our words. Right? And we can cut them off with our heart. But quarrels... uh, Mostly we about dead men's bones. Think about it. The quarrels, traditions, and things that we believed in, traditions. So bones aren't bad in themselves. We don't want to just get rid of them. If we didn't have bones, life wouldn't be possible. If I didn't have bones, if I didn't have a skeleton, my body wouldn't stand up. And the bones wouldn't even stand up if we didn't have the ligaments and the sinews to hold them together. And then the muscles. Everything works together the way God designed it, just like he designed for our church. Amen? So if we hold on to old things, bones in themselves aren't bad, but if we hold on to all those old traditions and things, they could be life-threatening. They really could, because it might be something from the past. And God specializes in resurrection. And he loves to bring order from chaos. And he loves to bring uh, light to darkness. And he loves to bring breath to dirt. Amen? Because that's what we're all made of. So if you would turn with me and get ready for Ezekiel 1. We're going to read from Ezekiel 1 today. Um, I think I left my Bible over here, and I need to open it. We have it on the wall reading, I'll be reading from uh, chapter 37. I'm reading from a New American Standard Version. I like that as a good study Bible and recommend it to my students that are really getting in for a more literal translation. It does have its own issues, but it has little things to correct it in the columns that can help you learn and study the Word of God. So, um, Lord, I just pray over your Word, and I pray over the flow and all resistance that would be coming, all distractions against your word. And Lord, bring your message to the hearts of your people and let them know that death is not the end. Amen. So, as we note that Tabernacles unleashing the miraculous, we're living in miracle days. That's what it's about the miraculous and the new normal. And so we're at the place, this is the appointed time where God works with his people to restore life and to resurrect old bones. And we're on the verge, the whole church, I believe, as a whole, not just our church, but the church of God, the people of God, is is on the verge of that new normal. I think they're going to be experiencing it and not even know it. And a new land to possess, because that's part of the new normal, as we'll read, as we get as we continue to get uh, greater unity. And we see the church in America and the nations coming together. Amen? So here we go. Um, we're going to start with verse 1. And when I uh, read on this, I had read in my notes of the, the column of my Bible. I wrote in there in 1979. I, I wrote on the chapter above that because I like to write in my Bible. Um, It's not sacrilegious. I got lots of notes and things that I get along the way, and the Lord reminds me that way when I'm reading the word. I said, I experienced this in 1979, what we're about to read. I experienced this in 1979 when God told Lonnie and I, and I know that Dave and Don, especially Don, can relate to this, to pick up everything, to sell everything we had, to quit our jobs, and to go to Vermont. And I came here, and what I saw is what Ezekiel saw in this vision. This is what I saw. I came from revival. I came from my kids growing up on the floor of the church. I, I, I mean, miracles, like, like tabernacles. We did that six nights a week two services on Sunday, and I came here to Vermont in 1979. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He set me down in the middle of the upper valley. And it was full of bones. I was looking for the church we were going to serve in. And that was on fire and revival. I want you to see in verse 1, that's where we are right now. You know, this, prophet, this word was prophetic to Ezekiel's time. And he was talking to the people of God at that time in Israel, that had been taken off their land. And they were scattered. And they were a people that had lost hope, a nation that had lost hope, didn't even have a land to call their own. But I want you to understand that prophecy has many layers. And, And in some prophecies, it can have many appointed times. And so I experienced this prophecy in 1979. And I'm here to tell you, that we are here to see the nation experience this prophecy starting in the year 2016. In the year 2016. We had a feast that said unleashing the miraculous. And the miraculous must be unleashed to see this happen. And it started with just Ezekiel saying simply, You've got to spend time with the Lord. He wasn't out hacking weeds when the hand of the Lord came upon him. He was waiting. He was waiting on the Lord. He was giving the Lord a little time to talk back in a conversation. And Ezekiel tells us, and the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He was in the middle of a complete, full-blown vision. He took him out of where he was, and suddenly he finds himself here in a vision. And he caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And lo, they were very dry. In 1979, when we came here, one of the first churches that was supposed to be known as a spirit-filled church, we went to it. There were 12 people in the congregation, including the pastor and his family, which was a family of of three. All the congregation, except the pastor and his family, were 80 years old and above. And the organ player was uh, celebrating a birthday of 93 years old. The smell in the church was musty and old. Now, sometimes buildings that are old in Vermont, like my own, my house is 130 years old, sometimes the, the, the wood itself lets off this old smell from the oils in it. But this was more musty. It was a kind of a repulsive odor. And I thought, why don't they clean this church and make it like you would want to come here? That was my first thought. I'm like, if we're sent here, I'm going to be cleaning this church. It wasn't a complaint and just something I saw. I thought, I'm going to be the solution to this. I'm going to clean this church. I'm going to scrub it. I'm going to bring my kids, and we are just going like, to have a field day. This place is going to be shining for Jesus. That's how I think the, the house of the Lord should. Amen? We're supposed to shine. And I realized then that I said, Did you just get assigned to this church, Pastor? And he says, No. No, I've been here 12 years. And I was like, 12 years, 12 people, these bones were dry. They were so dry in the upper valley in 1979. And he spoke to me, and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? What if God asked you that? What if you're in a dry place and the things you're looking at, and he comes and says, can there be life in this? And he says, O Lord God, thou knowest. And then again he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. And that word breath is actually Corrected, in its literal sense, spirit, in this particular verse. So God said, I will cause spirit to enter you, that you may come to life. His spirit, the spirit of life. The word of God says the spirit of life brings life. That's how God breathed into Adam. Into Eve and Adam, and so we see here. I just want to. I want to take a look at my notes. So, so this happens. I want to point out here. What did God tell him to do? He said to prophesy. So, what does it mean to prophesy? In Revelation, it says prophecy is the is the is what is the testimony of Jesus, which is the story of your life. Or prophesy the word of the Lord. Or he'll give you a word to prophesy. And God gives him a word to speak. You're speaking it. You're not thinking it. You're not writing it down. You're using your lips and you're speaking it, as Sean just told us. He said, you've got to speak it. Speak these words. When Sean was telling that a few minutes ago, the first picture that came to me is Toby standing out there with his... Bible on, on his uh, laptop or whatever, he's us- whatever device he's using, and I saw him in his backyard speaking it because the more we speak it, the more comfortable we get with speaking the word of the Lord. The more we speak his word or just read it and start speaking it wherever we live, the more comfortable we are, the more confident we become in what we're speaking, uh, and we're not blown away by the sound of our voice and scared by it. Amen. Speaking. So he said, Prophesy. So put yourself in this in Ezekiel's place. Prophesy, oh speak over these bones, and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bold bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. And I verse six, and I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. Now he's looking at a valley of dry (laughs) bones. So in verse 7 he says, So I spoke or I prophesied as I was commanded. I want to pause there. When God tells you something to do, we talked to this in, about it in our elders' deacon meeting, I think, uh, or a little gathering we had Thursday night to, to pray and, and see, talk about what God was doing and what things he was going to do. And part of it is the new normal is doing what God's telling you to do. You may not have all the details. You see, we've got all these scriptures, and we know how this story ends, because we have the story. But remember, he's standing there. He's taking it one line at a time. God says, do this. So he says, so I, so I did it. God told me exactly what to say. I did exactly what he said. And it's not just a suggestion. The thing I like about Ezekiel is he said, God commanded me, and I did it. And that's something I want us to lay hold of. He wants you, every one of you to lay hold of. Because when you do, this is what happens next. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a rattling. And the bones came together. Bone to its bone. And I looked. Oh, wait. No, we've got to stop in verse 7. Something just happened. We have our part in this. You speak. You prophesy, and then what did God do? It said a noise, a noise, and that's what Sean just told us when he blew the trumpet, a noise. In fact, that noise is translated voice, and God's word, many times in the Bible it talks about God's voice is as thunder, his voice is thunder, and so there was a noise, or he heard God's voice, or there was thunder, there was something that happened right as he did it. Just as Sean told you earlier, God told him to blow the trumpet. He did it. And what happened? There was a response from heaven. There was a response from heaven. There was a response in the upper valley. He said that that, that trumpet hit five, how many mountains are there? Five. Well, how many mountains you can see? It was hitting and resounding, and the word was going forth. So it can be in your house, it can be in your backyard, it can be at the top of Mount Washington where God led Lonnie and I to go, it could be at the top of the mountain, it might be somewhere you're hiking, I don't know where you are, but when you speak the word of the Lord, and if you don't know what to speak, take your Bible, uh, bring your laptop, to whatever it is, that you, uh, bring your phone, just speak it, and wait for the voice. The thunder. And so there was a noise, and behold, a rattling. Imagine what that sounded of this valley of bones. You just saw all those bones. Imagine all those bones rattling. And they were scattered. And these are just the bones that were on the surface of the land, of armies and people that had died. They weren't even properly buried. Battles had gone on. It was a land without hope there was nothing left they couldn't even there wasn't even enough of them left to bury the bones in some of those battles and the bones began to rattle and then they came together bone to its bone that means they came into order they came into order they came into order and we've heard a lot about order our nation has been out of order it's been out of order We've got to prophesy this and declare this over our nation, that the bones would come together and come into order, bone to its bone, in the rightful place. Amen? Bone to its bone. And verse 8, And I looked, and behold, sinews were, were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So they were there. They were together. They weren't alive. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Okay, I want you to get this. First he said prophesy to the bones. Now he's telling us to what? Prophesy to the breath. Where does the breath come from? Where does the breath come from? Where does it come from? It comes from God's spirit. The breath of God now. So we're prophesying. He's telling us to prophesy to him. He's telling us to prophesy to his breath. Can you dare to do it? Ezekiel did. Can we come boldly before the throne of grace because of the blood of Jesus? Yes. God is telling us to prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Thus says the Lord God. And this is how you do it. So you face the you face the um the four winds and you prophesy and you say, "O breath, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they come to life." That they come to life. We follow him and we do what he tells us to do. So in verse 10, Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they came to life and stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. It was huge. An exceedingly great army. Now, um, we come to the next part. Verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man. These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. I want to talk to you about America. I said it earlier today. If you came in late, you didn't hear it. America holds every nation is represented in our country. Every nation on the face of the earth. There are people that have found this place as a place of refuge Many have found salvation here as a place of salvation. And so this word, when God talks about in the Old Testament, Israel, Israel was the land that he gave them. But I'm here to tell you, God gave the land of America over 200 years ago for one purpose, the people of God. I want to repeat that. God gave America and this land to the people of God. And in this prophecy, God was saying, I'm going to send you to the land. Who is he talking to? The people of God. Who is God talking to today? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's talking to the people of God, to his children. He wants to bring his life here. He wants everybody to experience His love, and his awesomeness, and his truth, and his freedom. It's not about religion. It's about him wanting relationship with people, and the freedom to have that. So many nations do not have that, and America does. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. In verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. Again, he calls them my people. You are the people of the Lord. And we know that there are great prophecies about a resurrection of the dead, those that will come to know Jesus Christ. There will be a resurrection of the dead when Jesus t- returns. That is a physical, natural occurrence. We can look at this twofold a natural, physical occurrence where God is going to raise the dead, those that are saved in Jesus Christ, and the others that he will be saved. Everybody's going to be raised. (laughs) There's two resurrections that are coming in our future. But I'm talking about a spiritual resurrection of life. We've got to have a spiritual revolution and a spiritual resurrection of life in the midst of God's people. We cannot go around talking at this election like we don't have any more hope. Because we heard this morning our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in Father God. And he is the God. He said, all the earth is the Lord's, and everything in it is his. And we stand on that, and we put our trust in that. And he says, and I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life. And I love that. I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life. I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life. How many of you had the spirit of God put in you at this, this recent feast? I saw it happening. I see that spirit resting upon you. I see change coming into your life. It happened. We saw it happen in the spirit during the feast of this this recent conference that we had. For those of you who may not know what we're referring to. And I see it. And that life is still there. And you will come to life. And I will place you on your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it. Amen? I have known. Graves open. Resurrection lives. God leads them. He calls them my people. I'm bringing you to your own land. The land that we live in right now is America. But you have a spiritual land that is yours to possess. You have spiritual land that God wants you to possess. And he's, going, he's, he's actually bringing it to you now. And he's going to further that plan. And he's going to show you the boundaries. And he's going to show you where that land is. That land is is at your job. It's wherever you find yourself. It might be at school. I don't know. It might be at the nursing homes that you go to. It might be the veterans group. It might be the ladies group that you go to. It might be the PTA. I don't know what you do, but you have a spiritual land that is yours. And he says, I will bring you to it. You might have been saying, I don't know where it is. I don't know what to do. That's where it starts. And right here in the house of God. Right here in the house of God. So this is what happened at Tabernacles, and I know this is what God wants to happen. So before the day's over, we're going to show our little guy here, but I want us to all stand. We're going to have an activation, and we're going to speak to the bones. We're going to speak, and we're going to pray together. For our nation, for our, our uh, for the people of God, for our nation, for all the people without hope, the people that need healing and without hurting, this is our little yeah. This is our little guy. He's going to be our, our girl or whoever. As there's no um, sex or gender in heaven, so uh, if you'll take this off, he's going to be around here for this series or this this skeleton. This is what we are. I want you to look around this room. Every person in this room has a skeleton. right? How many bones? 200? Thank you. 248 bones. But you know what? look around this room. You all have that. But you don't all look the same. do you? You all aren't the same. God made each one of you uniquely. And he loves you. And he made you. And don't put yourself down. Stop it. You're beautiful. And when he made you and created you, he was like, I like that. This is good. I approve of that message. God said, I'm telling you the truth. He said, I approve of this message. You are good. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. You've all got that. That's Every one of us has the same skeleton. Come on. We can look at other churches. We can look at other churches, and we all look different. But we've got the same skeleton. Do you follow me? You get the picture? And God is about to clothe us and put flesh on these bones that we've maybe not experienced. If some of you have been walking around and wish you had more muscles or a nice set of abs, they're coming. Come on. I, and the reason I know that is there's been, I, I, I'm serious. The word says first the natural, then the spiritual. I'll tell you what, I've seen them already start working it in several people. I've seen people losing weight. I've seen people drawn to fitness. Come on. Hasn't been this past year. How many people do you know that has a Fitbit? Come on. I'm doing the steps right now. You know, you'll see me doing this, yeah. You'll be talking to me and I'm doing this. And you go, what in the world? Is she, like, getting ready to go somewhere? Yeah, I'm getting more steps on my Fitbit. I try to put in 10,000 a day. I don't always reach it, but the other day I hit almost 16,000, 15,791. People have an awareness that God put there to get fit. He's giving us the grace to do it It haven't been able to do it for years. Come on. I, can I get an amen on that? Things are happening. And so don't lose hope if you haven't gotten there yet. It's in the air. It's in the water. It's in the holy water of God. Amen. Guys, God's got a plan for America. It's not what you read on, or hear on CNN or Fox News. It's God's plan. And this is God's news. I wanted to bring you God's news channel here today. Guys, we don't look at the outer appearance. We can't look at either of that. But we've got two platforms in America coming up here to vote for. And I'm voting for the one that has the platform that most agrees with my Heavenly Father. I've got to start somewhere. I want you guys praying for Brother Dave. Dave, I want you to come up here as we pray. This isn't all just about this. It's about spiritual dry bones, and it's about America, too. But, I mean, we can all gather however we see fit, but we're going to pray for America. We're going to pray for this election. We're going to be doing it. Lonnie and I are going to be, we've been in fasting and prayer, because Jesus said some strongholds don't come down except by fasting and prayer. And I know many of you are signed up on that fasting and prayer. Well, there's no time to do it like now. There's still people thinking about what they're going to do. Some people are like, "Oh, I'm not going to vote." Today, if you have an opportunity to vote, it is a privilege that God has given you, a freedom that he has still given you in this country. It could be taken away. Many countries have had that freedom taken away. Some of our very men and women in our served armed forces have gone and shed their blood so that someone might have the opportunity to have a chance at that kind of freedom. And so we don't forget any of this. There's been innocent bloodshed with abortions that were authorized in America. Guys, we've got we've to be the people of God. There are situations and circumstances, but I know how horrible. I've been with people. I've been with women that have woken up years later or just weeks later and months later. I've been there and let them saturate my shoulder with their tears. Guys, something has to be done, and we've got to pray, and we're going to prophesy today like he told Elijah to prophesy. I mean uh, Ezekiel, because the spirit of Elijah is stirring the spirit of Elijah, Jesus said the spirit of Elijah would come before his return. This has got to take a stirring of the spirit in our hearts. May the spirit of Elijah manifest and rest on us. Amen. And may we have the heart of Ezekiel. His heart was this. This stands out most about me. He was obedient, he was obedient to do what the Lord told him to do. So today we're, we're going to pray for the church to arise in America. We're, we have a vision for America. As we pray for America, we're not leaving out the other nations. As I said, every tribe and every nation is represented in this country. And so in so praying for America, we pray for the world. We do this not from a prideful place. We don't think we're anything special. The only thing that makes us special is God. And he must continue to be God of this nation. That's the only thing that's keeping it together, that and his mercy. We're going to pray for our leaders. We pray for the election. And we prophesy to the bones to arise. So uh, let's have some men start that right now. So in Jesus' name, we come to pray.
1: Father he has appointments that are coming that he must meet father and and uh, come together and speak with people Father coming up in these next couple of days. so Father, we release the spirit of the Lord to be upon those that are there. Father, let there be the very purposes of what of what and why you've placed Dave and where he is. Father, let him be representation of our state, Father, New Hampshire and Vermont. Father, we've declared that the shofar shall be blown, and Father we know that that shofar called forth the leaders. So today, Father, we're in agreement. We call forth your leaders to take their rightful place, Father, according to your will this coming November 8th in this nation. Father, we call your leaders forth according to your will and according to your plan, Father, this November 8th, Amen. 2016. Amen.
2: Amen. Lord, raise up those dry bones that are in Washington There are just too many people in there that are just dry, and they're just working to a system, and a system that doesn't work. The only system that works is the system under God, God's system. So, Lord, I pray that, and I know it's your will, Lord, that there be a revival among our our leaders locally, nationally, internationally. There's too many people that are suffering, And they don't have to because we have a glorious God, a wonderful God, a God that wants to give us everything if we just ask. So, Lord, I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus that Washington is not going to look the same or be the same. It may not happen on Tuesday, but it's going to happen in the name of Jesus.
3: I declare your word over Dave, over every single person that you have called to hold office. I prophesy over their uh, family and over their household and over the land that you've given them. And I declare that there's a fiery wall of protection. That every spirit that rises up against the knowledge of God is already condemned. That is already, every plan that they uh, try and put into place, I declare that it shall be brought out into the light out into the open for to uh, see what it is. And I declare that the people of God, uh, starting with Dave and his family uh, in this region, in this community, shall be given even uh, prophecies, uh, understanding of prophecy, understanding of the Word of God as it unfolds. Even before in Ezekiel, in the previous chapters to 37, God dealt with the enemies first. And uh, Father, I declare that this is Your Word, that is going out into the highways and the byways. And Dave uh, and Don are being used as a vessel of righteousness and a vessel of the word of the mouthpiece of the word of the Lord. And I declare that no weapon formed against you, no weapon, no weapon formed against you will prosper, but every spirit, every single spirit contrary to the word of God, to the written word of God is already condemned in Jesus' name.
0: Prophesy over the bones. We prophesy for them to come together in unity across this nation—in Washington D.C., in Vermont, in the state of New Hampshire. Lord, you could do it on Tuesday. You could do a great change in this nation, and we are believing for that. That's my prayer. Start doing it on Tuesday, Lord. Let it start on November. Uh, what is it? November 8th. Let it start on number eight. Number eight is new beginnings. Let there be a new beginning for America, God. Let it rise up. The first numbers are going to be coming in from the East Coast, which is where we live. And, Father, we say let the wave of revolution and change and the breath and the rattling. You see, those bones had to come together in unity. And like you say, they've been scattered and they're dry in Washington. And so we prophesy to the bones that they would come together, Father. We prophesy to the bones, Father that they would come together. And, Lord, as they come together and you put the sinew on them and the flesh and you rebuild this body that has been dead, 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 and you resurrect something to life that looks like you, God, we ask for a beginning number this election. And, God, then we say, we prophesy to the breath, and we prophesy, and we say, come, O breath of God. Come, O breath Come, oh, breath and breathe upon the bones across this nation, God, across the nation of your people, God. We call forth the people of God, Lord, that the dry bones of the people of God that have been scattered and non-unified, Lord, not just for the leaders in America, Father, but the leaders in your church, God. We're prophesying that to them, too. And so, Father, bring the peoples together, bring the bones together in unity, and we to the breath to come from the four winds, from the east, the west, the north, and the south, and to breath, and put your spirit in them, Lord. Fill them with your spirit. Fill them with your heart. Fill them with the soul, You, you your spirit, and, and your heart, God. Fill them that with that in these days. God, we prophesy over this election, and Father, we declare your word, and we say, let there not be... Um, Wickedness, that any darkness that comes to try to infiltrate Lord in righteousness the way this election is done every spirit of darkness is cast down in the name of Jesus every every plan of the enemy is brought to naught and that there will be righteousness in the land again Father let it begin on November 8th 2016 for this is a new day says the Lord and this is a new way says the Lord for my spirit is coming and rising up across this land says God and I will blow upon this land and I will revive my church and I will raise them up and they shall be a strong army before me says God. And so Father, we agree with your words and let these words come to pass and let us hear that resounded. And Father, we expect to hear your voice, God, and a loud noise that that bears witness to everything that we're doing here today, God. Everything. So Turn the way I'm looking at it, Lord, every time they show that election map on there. Let it turn completely red and let the red stand for the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. I don't want to see my state blue anymore, Lord. I want to see it red, representing the blood of Jesus Christ. I know what their agendas are and what it means, but that's what it means to me, Lord. Just hear my little girl heart, Lord, as we humble ourselves. We don't think we're anybody. We're nothing except what you say we are, God. But we are your people. And we're here to do what you commanded us today, God. And we're believing, and we are not a people without hope. And may the hope rise and spread across the hearts of men and women and little children. God, let your righteousness prevail. And even the scripture that Brother Toby prayed this morning about the poor and the needy. God, this nation is filled with them. Not only in the natural realms, but they're poor in the spirit, Lord. They're needy in the spirit. And God, we cry out that we could meet those needs, that we are your people. And you said if we would humble ourselves and pray that you would heal our land. Jesus, heal our land. Heal our land. Heal our land.
1: Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you as a family for the privilege that we have to be able to declare your word. And Father, you've given us influence. Who has somebody else? Judy, do you have something? Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: This is mainly for those of us a little bit older you guys remember those little toys that had the little button in the bottom and you, you it was a toy it had little and you push the button and it would just like collapse and you let go of the button and it would stand up that's what I was seeing I was seeing dry bones like a little like the button was pushed in and then you let go of the button and they stood up but I also saw I also saw um, have you ever seen like a little display like a wave machine that like, sits on your desk and it just teeter-totters and the wave just rolls and then it hits the other side and it comes back the other direction. That's what I was seeing take place across the nation. And I also saw, I also saw the, the number eight. If you turn it sideways it's an infinity. No ending. No beginning. No ending.
1: Then let us be sent out across the nation, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We love, we love you lots. Love one another. There's plenty of goodies next door, so don't forget. Yes.
0: I approve this message and school is out.
1: <laughs> Hallelujah. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name.